listening to Journeys, a bite-sized podcast produced by Comma DC, which is a nonprofit organization providing a platform for immigrants in the DMV area to share their stories, skills, and ideas. I'm your host, Halla Flynn, and today's episode features Lisa Malachevsky, the daughter of Ukrainian immigrants who first spoke at Comma Storytelling Night in April, featuring children of immigrants on the theme of identity. Hi, I'm Lisa. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your life experiences with me and our listeners. Of course. So let's start with you taking us with you on your mental health journey. Yeah, I mean, I feel like mental health is a journey in and of itself. It's like from the moment you realize what's happening in your head, the moment you realize the importance of breaking your generational trauma, it is quite literally a marathon. And I've been on this journey for just over a year now. And like, I don't even see it being close to being over. And it was kind of like a, a snowball effect. Basically, how it all started was last May, I quit dieting. I used to be like super into fitness and dieting. And that served as such a distraction from so many of the things that I was legitimately struggling with in work and in life. But I just didn't understand how to process it. And I didn't understand how to stop the negative stream of consciousness in my brain. I thought that was just how I have to do things is by shaming myself into doing them. And I remember one day last June, about a month into quitting dieting and dealing with my mental health, I was like having this particularly rough day, like crying in bed, kind of a breakdown and I remember being like, I can't keep unloading this onto my boyfriend because obviously he was the only person I was seeing during the pandemic. And I don't know how to deal with my feelings. I need to start therapy. And I reached out to the first counseling center that came up on Google and signed up for a phone consultation. And I was like so in the weeds that I didn't even remember which service I had signed up for until it was time to take my call the next day. So growing up, what messages did you hear as a kid, as a young person from your environment about mental health care? So growing up with immigrant parents who came overseas like three years before I was born, their main focus was to survive, to make money, to have a family, to be able to freely practice Judaism without fear of, you know, whatever the heck they were doing over there in the Soviet Union. And so they didn't really have, like, the privilege of learning how to process emotion. So to them, it's like, well, just think positively. Like, you shouldn't be, you have no reason to be feeling sad. Why are you feeling, like, there's no reason. Why are you feeling anxious? You shouldn't be feeling anxious. So my entire life, it was just being told I shouldn't be feeling the things that I'm feeling So I grew up not understanding how to validate my feelings. So like when all these big feelings would come up, I just kind of learned how to shovel them down, which obviously in retrospect is not a good skill to have leading into adulthood. How do you think that your views or your relationship to mental health have changed since then? Um, Drastically. Um, A big thing I learned was how to combat shame with compassion, which I think was one of the most important things that happened through this entire journey, because growing up with immigrant parents and specifically like Ukrainian Jewish parents, it's in 
their culture and in their brain that when they're parenting you, they are trying to do what they deem is best for you. So that means that you as like a young kid or you as a teenager or even you as like a college student, like you don't get your own say. Like my ideas, my wants, my needs were wrong because I should be doing this. And that ended up fostering a lot of shame because it's like, well, if I'm not good enough for my parents, like I'll never be good enough for myself. Like how am I supposed to like do all this stuff? And that also created like, I guess a little bit of rebelling of like my mom never agreed with the things that I did. And so I would do those things even harder. And then if I picked up something that she liked, she would like push me and push me and push me. But then when I stopped doing that, she would just come to me and be like, well, why aren't you, why aren't you singing anymore? Or like, why you should sing or like, you should do yoga. It's better for you. You know? So it's like, I can't, I can't win. Yeah. So that's, that's what I learned is that I, I can't win. That's so difficult because we want obviously to make our parents proud of us. Right. But you have to also be proud of yourself and honor yourself and, and prioritize the things that you have realized maybe that you need. So, um, what have you learned about creating boundaries with regards to honoring your own needs? Creating boundaries has been hugely important because to be honest, when I started this, like I had no way of knowing what it was that I needed So I had always been the people-pleasing type of person of like, oh, what do you want to watch? What do you want to eat? What do you want to do? I would just be like, well, I'm fine with whatever you're doing because the idea of like deciding that myself and then sitting with like the discomfort that maybe that person didn't actually want to do it. It was like, oh my gosh, the worst. It just like was the worst feeling. So I would just be like, I was just thought I was the kind of person like, oh, well, like I'm super chill, like super laid back. But in reality, I just like didn't understand what it was I wanted. So um, I've been really learning how to like figure out what it is that I want. And I'm very lucky to have a partner who um, pushes me to do that because he knows that part about me. So he always asked me like, no, Lisa, like, what do you want? And that's been hugely helpful. And in terms of boundary setting... That's like learning when I have to say no and understanding that when I'm overstimulated in a social situation, I can go home. I don't have to tough it out and like get sad. I can literally say like, hey, I'm leaving. I want to go to bed. Goodbye. That was that was a big deal for me, too. In terms of setting boundaries with my family, um, that was kind of like a, an interesting thing to learn because you think, oh, well, they're my family. Like they raised me, they like sacrificed all of these things so that I can have the life that I do. Like, who am I to say that I don't want to talk to you today? Or I don't want you messaging me on Instagram or like things like that. So it's funny. One of the biggest things I did 
with my mom. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. But what I did was I restricted her on Instagram. So I only see the DMs that she sends me if I actively seek them out. So like, um, she'll say, like I posted a picture of me and my boyfriend and she's like, why aren't you wearing those other earrings that I sent you? (laughs) And those are the things I'm like, I just like, I don't want to see them. So I don't unless I actively seek them out. Just like little things like that have made a huge difference in the way, like my, just my days. Yeah. I mean, our, of course, people's parents, I'm sure immigrant parents, non-immigrant parents want to give us feedback all the time, right? Like they just have ideas (laughs) about how we're living our lives and want to share them with us, but you get to consent to that, right? Like you get to opt in to hearing what someone else's feedback is about your choices, your lifestyle, your corner of the internet, right? All of that's your space. Exactly. Yeah. What has it been like to create that safe space from scratch? Hugely fulfilling, I would say. Like, um, I guess finding the people in my life that will just let me be authentically me, no matter what the circumstances has been. I'm extremely grateful for that. And I think another thing is learning how to reparent myself. And what that means is that it doesn't diminish anything that my parents have done for me. It just means that I can sort of cater to my inner child in a way that like makes her feel validated. And that has helped me learn to validate my own feelings and learn how to sit with my own feelings while being able to comfort myself through them. And I mean, it's, it's hard to do that. And it's still really hard because you want to be like, well, I want to be like the old version comes back where it's like, well, you're bad for feeling these, like you should, you don't deserve to be feeling these, like what has even, like what even hardships have you had in your life where you deserve to be feeling that? And so taking that and being like, hey, like it's okay, you're allowed to feel these feelings. You should feel these feelings. And the more that you let yourself feel them, the better that you're gonna feel and it's gonna be okay and I'm here for myself like the parent that like wasn't emotionally present in that way. Yeah. And it's almost such like a trap to compare our hardships to our parents, right? Because if we never experienced the same things that they did, it means they succeeded, right? And we want that for them. But that doesn't diminish our own emotional, logistical, structural challenges that we have to work through and that we have the opportunity to work through because they gave us this life. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, even though they're different does not mean that they're any less valid, which is a big thing that I had to tell myself and that my therapist helped me a lot with realizing because I would like kind of brush things off when we realized that like these things that were happening in my brain were a direct result of the way I was brought up. Is there anything that you wish you would have heard earlier on your mental health journey that you feel like 
was pivotal for you? I wish that someone had told me that there's nothing wrong with me. There was like so many things in my life that I was struggling with that I didn't know were things that like were not my fault. And like, I wish that someone had told me that these things are not my fault, but to like someone else, to a parent, it's like, oh, well, you're being lazy. You're not working hard enough. You're not cleaning your room well enough. You're not like doing X, Y, Z well enough. You're not doing it like me, like have some common sense. And like, I did not get very good grades in school. And I used to feel like so bad for that because I think I just took classes that were like too hard for me. Like, sure, I was in, like, the gifted and talented program, but, like, nothing ever made sense to me. And now I understand why. (laughs) Because I had ADHD. I think it's, like, a really beautiful sort of a paradigm shift that's happening where a lot of people are realizing, like, hey, like, I have to break my generational trauma so that whoever comes next is better. And, like, yeah, I mean, it's not going to just end and are like the next generation isn't not going to be fucked up, but they're going to be less fucked up than we were. Yeah. Hopefully. And that's your own version of like making a sacrifice, right? If we're going to keep using the same word of like our parents sacrifice for us, then this is, it's not like therapy is like a fun thing all the time, right? Like you're, no, it's fucking you're hard. doing <laughs> so much work to try and process and grow and move forward from barriers that are in our way. And that is you making a sacrifice so that everyone who comes after us gets to have something better. And that's huge. Yeah. I like that. I really hope that this maybe helps someone pursue therapy because it it really, really helped me. So thanks so much for having me. Thank you for all of your thoughtful and meaningful ideas. Thanks for listening in to this episode of Journeys by Comma DC. For more stories told by immigrants in the DMV community, visit our website at commadc.org or follow us on Instagram at comma.dc.